You're listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 271. Hello, Savvy Painters, and welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. So as I'm recording this, we are at a changing of the seasons. Those of you in the Northern Hemisphere are welcoming spring. Here in the Southern Hemisphere, the leaves are changing color and the air is getting crisp and cold. It is my favorite time of the year. There's just something about the changing of the seasons that I love. And on top of that, I'm a cold weather girl. So when the temperatures drop, I get a little bit giddy. I love going outside with my morning coffee and seeing my breath in the air. And then this weekend, maybe it's the change, I decided to paint my office. It was kind of on a whim, but I'm so glad that I did it. I've always wanted a deep, rich blue room in my house, and now I finally created that. And I'm kind of seeing this as an opportunity to be a kid again and use the walls of my house as a canvas. So something's brewing there. I'm not really sure what it is yet, but I am going to give it the time that it needs to percolate and grow and sprout. We'll see what happens. As I was getting ready to record today's podcast, I realized that all of this is just so perfect for today's topic. So I'm going to circle back to all of that in a bit. But here's what I wanted to talk to you about today. I was talking to an artist in Growth Studio about the messy middle. And the messy middle is that part of the painting where it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. You have some decisions to make. And I think the messy middle is when you're relying a little bit more on faith that you'll be able to figure it out. It's super common, and I'm going to talk about it in terms of individual paintings and also in the context of where you're at in your art journey of like hitting plateaus with your art. So let's start with the messy middle of an individual painting, okay? Here's what I want to offer you about the messy middle. It's just a thought that you're having about your work. You might be an exploratory or like an intuitive painter, one that starts off by making lots of marks or by blocking in areas and then letting the painting emerge from that. Or maybe you're a painter that likes to plan things out and has a strong sense already of where things go and how they fit together before you even start. Or maybe you're somewhere in between or you paint completely differently. But you have a way of starting your painting, and so you start making marks on the canvas. You have an idea and a method, and you're following it. Even if you don't think you do, even if you think you're just throwing stuff down, that is your method. And at this point, you're usually running on inspiration. The feeling artists have when they start a new painting, when they actually start making marks on the canvas, it's usually some flavor of excitement, possibility, and optimism. It's this feeling of openness, like anything and everything is possible with this painting. You have this idea in your head and you just kind of can't wait to get it out. As you paint, you start making decisions about the painting. Every brushstroke, every mark is a decision that you're making. In the context of the painting, these may be very small decisions. Like if you were to count all the brushstrokes that you make, it's a very small decision that sort of chips away at the whole of the painting, but they are decisions. The word decision has Latin roots. The meaning of the word decide comes from the Latin word decidere, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong, but that's okay. It's a combination of two words. De is off and caerere is cut. So to decide means to cut off. You're cutting off everything except for what matters most. 
So as you're making marks or defining shapes or putting in color, you're honing down on your vision. As you're doing this, in a way, you're eliminating options. It's like each brush stroke is a declaration. It's a statement about what it is that you envision. Now, I think that within a painting, we consistently re-envision the painting as we go along. Depending on your painting habits or how you work, that might be a consistent re-envisioning. As in every few marks, you're assessing and thinking something along the lines of, is this what I see? Is this what I want to say? Or it might be less frequently. And then there may be a course correction as you assess and adjust. I liken it to sailors or pilots. They are constantly making micro course adjustments to compensate for wind and currents. Within a painting, you often get to a point where you have to make a decision, a course correction. And this is where the thought errors come in. You think some flavor of, I don't know what to do next. I'm not sure what I should do next, or I don't know how to make the next adjustment, or you suddenly think this isn't right. I'm lost. You think you've reached the edge of a part of your knowledge. Maybe the inspiration and the optimism has faded a little bit. Maybe it has worn off entirely. But instead of a blank canvas where anything is possible, you now have a canvas that's filled with choices that you've made about color, about line, about shapes and different marks that you've made or texture, like any of the tools, the visual tools that we use in painting. You've made decisions and now you're responding to those decisions. You're responding to that instead of the blank canvas or the idea that you had in your mind. You're responding to what is actually on the canvas. And this is where there is that very strong temptation at this point to judge those decisions as either good or bad. There's a very strong temptation to second guess and overthink what to do next. There is sometimes a strong temptation to think, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. This is the messy middle. And what I want to tell you is nothing has gone wrong here. This is part of the journey. Expect it. Embrace it. (laughs) Have fun with it. We resist it because we think it shouldn't be happening, but it happens. It happens because it is supposed to happen. Sometimes the messy middle is super short. Sometimes it lasts a little bit longer. Sometimes it feels like it takes forever. How long you stay there depends entirely on what you make it mean that you're in the messy middle. I imagine it as a journey. And if we stick with the sailing metaphor, let's say you set off in your boat for a destination, right? You've left the safe harbor. You've sailed out into the open sea and there's no land in sight. You look all around you and it's just open ocean. Are you actually lost or are you exactly where you are supposed to be? You look forward and you can't see your destination, but you know it's there. This is where your faith needs to be stronger than your doubt. If you have faith that you're on course and you'll get to your destination, you'll keep moving forward because there's no doubt. You know where you're going. And you're definitely going to get to your destination. But if you let doubt creep in, if you suddenly think, I have no idea where to go next, maybe I should go this way, maybe I should go that way, should I turn around, I don't know, what should I do? That open sea becomes a scary place to be. And when you get scared, you lose your ability to think clearly and to make good decisions. So if you're really like, if your brain perceives this as there is danger, 
you just start locking things down. Your thinking function starts to contract and close down. But in your painting, you may have just envisioned your journey to a certain horizon line. And now that you've crossed that horizon line and you're in this new territory, it doesn't mean that you're lost. It just means that you have a decision now to make about the painting. Like it's time to stop and reassess and look at what is actually on the canvas and start to make decisions about what's there. And if you've let doubt creep in, you might convince yourself that you have no idea of what to do next. If your mind is not managed, it goes all over the place. It thinks it has to know everything right now. It has to solve the entire painting now, and it needs to know precisely how it turns out. In other words, it wants to know that it's safe. (laughs) It wants to know that it's safe to continue with this painting. That's all that's happening. So your job is to let your brain know that it's safe and that you can continue on with this painting. And you do that by taking the time to reassess the painting with all of the prior decisions you've made so far and make your next best move knowing that you're not lost. You still have all the skills that you started with and you still are fully capable of using all that knowledge to decide what to do next. When you create calmness and safety for yourself, you open yourself back up to your full capacity to think clearly, slow it down, and make your next best move. You don't have to know everything all at once. You just need to know what is your next best move, and then you take it, and then you take another one, and another one, and another one. And that's how you get through the messy middle. With every single decision you make in your painting, you are giving yourself more information, more clues about what needs your attention next. Is it line? Is it color? Is it shape? Or is it something completely different? Where do you need to course correct? What do you need to resolve next? What do you need to bring to a different level? What passage in the painting are you curious about? And I want you to think about this, like what if there is no possibility that you will screw it up? You just know that no matter what happens, you have the capacity to figure it out and to get there. And you know that the beauty in creating is, it is that figuring it out. It is those challenges that you give to yourself. The painting of the painting is where the joy is. The messy middle is just part of this process. It's part of the journey. So I invite you to embrace it and find the joy in it because on the other side is not only your finished painting, but it's new meaning and understanding of your own work. The next kind of messy middle is when you reach a plateau in your painting practice. Every painting we make is a step towards the next painting. Every painting we make is a creative experience and it is a learning experience. We are learning the technical skills of painting. We are learning how to communicate through line and color and shape and all of the other tools that we use and texture and like the paint itself. We are learning how to tune into and to clarify our own voice. This is happening. This is happening in every single painting we make. Every time you decide that you like something or that you don't like something, you are questioning and you are clarifying your own unique way of seeing and of painting. 
And sometimes we hit a plateau. And when we hit a plateau, it seems like nothing is happening. It seems like we're stagnating. It seems like we're stalling out. It seems like progress has slowed down or stopped. A lot of artists think that when this happens, something has gone wrong in their painting or in their practice. And I want to offer you a different perspective. When you've just learned something, your body, your subconscious usually gets it before you can actually articulate it. You might have heard the podcast episode where I talk about your left side and the right side of your brain. That is episode number 265. I'll link to it in the show notes. If you haven't heard it yet, you definitely want to take a listen. But The left side of the brain is where language is. It's where we organize things. It's where we put things in boxes and we put things in category. That's where we get super hyper-organized, where we make sense of things, right? The right side of the brain sees the entirety of everything. That's the part where when you're out for a walk, let's say, and you feel the sun on your face and the breeze coming through and you think like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful day. And you're noticing all the unique little things about your walk and having the experience of the walk. It's your right brain that is responding to that part of the walk. The left brain is what categorizes the walk. It's like we are getting our 10,000 steps in, we're getting our exercises, or this is the purpose of this, and this is the purpose of that. And it gives the It categorizes it in a very structured way, a very systematic way, and it gives the experience words based on past experiences, right? So it's thinking the left brain is kind of going, oh, this is like that other thing that we did. Oh, this is, you know, it's making sense of it in that realm. But the right brain is generating that emotion of just like, it sees everything like the sky and the way the light's hitting the street and like how cute that dog is and Everything in that moment, it notices like, oh, things are blooming again, or oh, the leaves are changing now. Everything in that moment is your right brain just goes boom, and it gives you an emotion, and it gives you like this big picture of what's happening. And then your left brain is like, okay, I need to categorize this. What's this? Let me put it over there. What's this? Oh, okay. This is in the category of beautiful day, and I'm doing this walking exercise, right? Okay. So plateaus. Oftentimes, Your right side of the brain and your subconscious has seen the whole of something. It has this realization. It has connected some dots that before were not connected at all. And it understands something brand new. And the left side of the brain is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what this is yet. I don't know where to put this. Let me think about this. Let me check my files or see if maybe I need to create a new folder for this, right? Or a new passageway really is what it is. And so then the right and the left side of the brain sort of have this conversation and they're comparing notes and they're sending and receiving information back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That conversation continues until the whole brain, the left and right side of the brain are able to make sense of it. The left brain gives it a language and it puts it into whatever little boxes it needs to put into so that you, the artist, can go, oh, wow, now I get it. That makes total sense. But all this time that that's happening, and I think especially like when we're having like that aha moment within our art or with these big ideas and connecting these dots, all this time, it's like your subconscious knows. 
it has a full understanding. So I think what happens is it's kind of like, it's like a toddler that doesn't have words yet. It's like, this is so good, but I can't tell you what it is yet because I don't have words, but this is so amazing and I'm dying to tell you. And it's trying so hard to get that information over to you so that you can put it on the canvas. And sometimes it gets a little frustrated because it's taking too long and this is so important and it's super excited, but it can't tell you because it has no words. So it has these little temper tantrums, right? Because it's dying to tell you this amazing thing that it just realized. It's really, really trying hard to tell you what to see. So when you're in that plateau, it's kind of like your brain is having this conversation and you can't quite grasp it yet. All the dots haven't connected, but they're in the process of connecting. So plateaus to me aren't a sign of things have stopped and things are not going well. Plateaus to me are actually super, super exciting because you know there's a breakthrough coming, right? It's actually already happened. You just don't understand it yet. So your job is to just keep working through it so that this conversation can continue and those sides of the brains can keep comparing notes until there's like the actual understanding, the conscious understanding happens. So I think plateaus are very exciting. So this happens, I just want to give you some examples. This happens like while you're painting a painting, right? This happens during a series. Maybe this happens when you're taking courses and you've learned something, and this can happen like way down the line, right? Like let's say maybe you took a course two years ago and then you do something on your canvas and all of a sudden your right brain's like, whoa, that thing that that instructor said two years ago, I blew it off. I didn't think it made any sense at all. I didn't think it had anything to do with me. And now I get it. How do I connect all these dots now? How do I make that understanding something tangible so that we can put it in the files, right? So that then this is what the conversation starts happening, right? So it happens from all the courses that you've taken and then the paintings that you're working on now. It happens when you are there listening to somebody talk and it's happening when you are working on your own quietly in your studio or out in the field (laughs) plain air painting it's always happening, right? So the messy middle, the plateaus is when we most need our faith in ourselves and our capacity as painters. We need that faith to be stronger than our doubt because this is when we're sort of the most vulnerable. So I'm mixing all the metaphors in this episode. I know if this were a story, the story police would come in and bust me, but I just like to really try to explain things in as many ways possible because it just creates another opening for understanding. Like I may put it this way and this person gets it and another person doesn't. And then I switch the metaphor and that second person's like, oh my God, I get it. So I like to try to explain things in a hundred different ways because it just allows me to teach things and explain it to you differently so that you can have a solid understanding. So I was talking about this concept with a member of Growth Studio about hitting a plateau with his painting. And he said, oh, it's like if you're driving along and you hit a pothole and you think, okay, I didn't ask for that. I didn't want to hit that pothole. I didn't want to take my tire out. I didn't want that to happen, but it did. And I know how to fix it. So 
ooh, really didn't like that, but it's okay, no big deal, I can just move on, right? And yes, that is another way to experience like a glitch in your painting experience when it doesn't go exactly the way that you wanted it to. And what I added to that is yes, and you can also look at that pothole and get really curious about it. Like what is this? What's inside of it? How's this different from my other potholes that I've hit, right? Is there anything cool in there that I could use later on? Like, how did this happen? What triggered it? Like, all these things are going to give you more information about your own painting. So the messy middle, the plateau, it can be something that you weren't even looking for, but now it's here. And what I want to offer you is this. This is the main lesson, the main takeaway. When you reach the messy middle, when you hit a plateau, Nothing is wrong here. This is part of the process. You've just learned something new. It's like in sailing, when you sail a boat, you tack back and forth. You don't go in a straight line because you're not supposed to go in a straight line. But when you're sailing, you're always going in the right direction. So what if there's nothing to fix? What if this plateau is a necessary part of the experience? Another way to look at it is the plateau and that sort of like, when we think of a plateau, we think of the literal, like that flat line, right? It can be also interpreted as like a silence, as a calmness in the work so that you can connect the dots. And I also look at it as in the same way that we need neutral muted colors so that we can see how saturated something else is. We need silence in order to understand the like active noise part of things, right? So if you think about Beethoven's fifth, there's a silence and then he just launches into the like dun, 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 dun. I'm obviously not a music person, but we need boredom. We need stillness. We need all of those like, I don't even want to call them low moments. I don't really think that they're low moments. They're that calmness. It's like in a painting where you have that area to rest your eye. You need this. We need the stillness in order for the mud to settle so that we can have these moments of clarity so that we can connect the dots, so that we can see the patterns. And we need that silence so that we can hear our own voice to allow ourselves to be grounded. We live in a hustle culture. And if there is any gift (laughs) that came from the pandemic, it is that it forced everybody to slow down, to be still, to wait. So think about your discomfort with the plateau as an invitation. If before you felt feelings of frustration and anxiousness, I want to offer that feelings of frustration and anxiousness are there for a reason. They are there to tell you something about your painting and how you're thinking about it. How you're thinking about it is everything. Your work then is to sit down with those feelings of frustration or anxiety or whatever that icky feeling is that has no name, right? And ask it, why are you here? What is the desire underneath it? What are you not seeing that that feeling is inviting you to see? It's not that those feelings shouldn't be there. It's not that they are wrong, but we've just mistranslated something, right? We've just misunderstood something. And so they're kind of there to like stir you into active contemplation. And instead of shoving them down and telling them to go away, we can ask, hey, why are you here? I missed something that needs care and attention. What could that be? 
This is how we get to know our inner voice. Our inner voice has been dismissed and told to be quiet for so long. It has been told for so long that it's not safe to speak up and be heard. So it doesn't know how to do that. So sometimes it tries to get your attention in any way that it can. And sometimes that shows up as these negative feelings that we have about our art, our capacity to create or our capacity to quote unquote, make it as an artist right? Sometimes we have negative feelings about it. And those negative feelings do not mean that you shouldn't be an artist or that you have no business to be an artist. That's just ridiculous. What that means is that there is something for you to look at and to say like, okay, what do you, to ask those questions that I just mentioned, what do you have for me? Why are you here? That's why being an artist is sometimes an act of faith, not because you're living in a dream world, but because it requires your faith in yourself and your art to be stronger than your doubt, to know that there are seasons to your art. Here's where I come back to the beginning. There are seasons to your art, and sometimes you don't get to see the growth that is happening in that moment. You don't always get to have that proof that concrete evidence that something is happening. You have to know and believe that those seeds that you planted are underneath the surface. And as you continue to hone your skills and paint and do the work required to be the artist that you want to be, those seeds are sprouting tender roots. They are taking root and they're becoming stronger. They're pushing down through the soil. They're hitting rocks and they're moving around the rocks and stones. And then up above, there's this tender bit of green that is that what's not even green yet. It's this white shoot that's moving towards the light. You can't just dig them up every day so that you have that proof that something is happening, right? You have to just let them be and let them grow. You have to trust that even though on the surface, it may look like nothing is happening, it is happening. It's happening all the time. You plant the seeds and you nourish them, and you protect them while they are at their most vulnerable. And then all of a sudden, they bust through the surface and they grow tall and strong. It's the same with your art, with your ideas, and with growing your skills as an artist. There is a season for planting, there's a season for growing, there's a season for harvesting, and very, very important, there's a season for rest. And also, not only that, Just like it's spring in the Northern Hemisphere and the buds are sprouting from the winter trees, it's getting warmer and the days are getting longer. Here in the Southern Hemisphere, the leaves are falling, the air is getting super crisp and cold. I've got my sweaters out again. I got my boots out and the days are getting shorter. Your seasons may be different than somebody else's. My autumn is your spring and my summer is your winter. Our harvest times are the opposite. We're all following our natural rhythms and nothing has gone wrong. Everything is working exactly as it should be. That's what I have for you today. Have a beautiful week, everybody, and happy painting. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com 
forward slash join. 